0: My son, eat honey for it is good, and the drippings of a honeycomb are sweet to your taste. Know that wisdom is such to your soul if you find it, and there will be a future and your hope will not be cut off. And that's Proverbs chapter 24, verses 13 and 14. And welcome back ladies and gentlemen to another episode of Bridge Radio, and we are coming at you from the great state of Texas. I am your host AW Varilla and in front of me, like always, the president Steve Den Hartog. Good morning everybody. <laughs> Uh, It has been a great fall day here in Laredo. We've been enjoying beautiful, beautiful weather. I hope you
1: guys out there are enjoying great weather as we are in October. Enjoying the beauty of God's creation, which is ironically what we're going to be talking about today. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in.
0: Uh, Today we have Dr. Joe Rigney, author of pastor and professor. He's out He's out of uh, Bethlehem College and Seminary. Uh, he's also a pastor at City Church. And today we're going to be talking about his book, Strangely Bright, Can You Love God and Enjoy This World? Uh, again, the publisher is Crossway. Uh, we have a good relationship with them. So we're super excited to have him on. And, you know, we're going to be talking about this tension that we have um, of enjoying God's gift in this world and serving him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's something that uh, Michael Whitmer has written about as well. And uh, it's a really important topic too, because as Christians, we can enjoy this world. We Mm -hmm. don't have to live, you know, hidden away, um, not enjoying any of the the good things that God creates for us and when we enjoy those things I think it just gives him praise yeah absolutely Uh, and and there's
0: a lot of good things that God has created in this world that we can enjoy that are not sinful Um, and and we're gonna talk about that today how do we find that balance because I I know that I have struggled with that and I'm sure a lot of people listening today uh, have that same struggle uh, make sure you guys to subscribe to Apple, Android, Google, and Stitcher Radio, and please visit our website at bridgeminlaredo dot um, Any
1: any updates on things that are going on in the ministry? Good news, I think we're <laughs> yeah. you know we're moving along in yeah. the uh, in the fundraising as far as the new building is concerned. So we're we're just giving praise to the Lord for that, thanking Him. We still have ways to go, yeah, but uh, very very thankful for that.
0: Yeah. The Lord has been very, very gracious to us. Uh, It's unbelievable how people have been giving for this building. Um, And we give them all the glory. And and thank you again, you guys. And we still got, we do still have a ways to go. Uh, And again, we'll take a penny if God moves your heart to give to this ministry, I promise you that he's going to get glorified. And all the things that we do here at Bridge Ministry, this little, small uh, a Christian bookstore and coffee shop, it's amazing what he has just done in, 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 Amen. in, in these yeah. years. So, All right, Steve, why don't we get started in this podcast? Let's do it. All right. Dr. Joe Rigney is assistant professor of theology and literature at Bethlehem College and Seminary in Minneapolis, Minnesota. He's also pastor of City Church and the author of Live Like a Nardian and The Things of Earth. He lives in Minneapolis with his wife and three sons. Welcome, Dr. Joe Rigney, to Bridge Radio.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: (laughs) Well, Thank you for coming on uh I really enjoyed your book. Strangely, I was really really hungry as I was going through your book with all the <laughs> with pumpkin crunch cake steak honey um uh, I literally I think gained like five pounds uh, during the time of reading this book
2: <laughs> that's right I, I, I you're not the only one
0: <laughs> uh. Well, Doctor Rigney, as we begin, uh, can you just please share a little bit about yourself and how God drew you to saving faith?
2: Uh, sure. Yeah, I um I grew up in West Texas, uh, in Midland, and uh, was was in a, a Christian home. Um, I uh, came to faith at the Baptist Church there, uh, First Baptist Church in in Midland, um, when I was about twelve, and then uh, was involved in our youth group uh, at the church there, and that was a great. Um, great time of, of spiritual growth. I was, uh, mentored by our, our pastor, um, at, uh, we actually joined a, a church plan when I was about 14. So, uh, pastor of Stonegate there and then, uh, and then went off to college, um, at Texas A&M and, uh, and there got introduced to the writings of, uh, John Piper. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that was a, a major, um, watershed in my life in, uh, in college, uh, in which, the Lord just broke open the Bible in in some amazing ways, and uh, uh, you know my, my spiritual growth went off like a bottle rocket just just went straight up mm. and, and and really fast. And so um, so that was a great time of growth. Um, around that time was when I also kind of felt called to, to the ministry. And so um, when I graduated from A and um, I had applied to uh, the Bethlehem Institute, which which was an apprenticeship at uh, at Piper's Church here in Minneapolis. Mm. And came up here and then uh we thought my wife and i thought we were coming here for two years and we've been here for 15. so uh uh the lord has kept us here in a variety of capacities and uh and now I'm a, I'm a professor um and, uh, and a pastor here in the twin cities and uh and then beginning next june um will be the the president of uh of bethlehem college and seminary here so um, so it's it's been a quite quite the ride, but uh, the Lord's been faithful, kind of to open the right doors at the right time, and uh, and so that's that's so that's what I do, um, day in and day out. Is I, I teach great books, uh, I teach the Bible, um, and then pastor pastor a church with some of my closest friends.
0: Well, wow, uh, yeah, John Piper uh, definitely do that to you. Uh, back in two thousand and nine, we were at the Gospel Coalition, and we got to sit mm-hmm. right behind John and. Uh, that was definitely encouraging to just hear him preach and and the truth that uh that he always speaks and the gift that god has given him for sure uh well that's pretty exciting that you're gonna uh taking the role as president of bethlehem seminary Mm -hmm. and college that's exciting yeah (laughs) Um, yeah
2: looking looking forward to
0: it yeah well awesome so uh uh, dr rigging let's begin here um in the introduction of your book um, you, um, you start talking about, uh, experiential tension and, and the biblical tension. Can you just define those terms for us here as we begin?
2: Yeah. So when I was, um, putting together, uh, strangely bright, which is a book about how we can love God and and enjoy this world. Like Mm -hmm. how do you, how do you actually do that? Um, it really emerges out of this, um, this tension that we feel. And and if we talk about the experiential side, it's basically something like this. Um, We have a vague, uh, we we know that God calls us to glorify him Mm. and that he's to be supreme in all of our um, hearts and our minds. Um, We're to love him above everything else. And, um, and so we want to have God above everything, which means um, when we begin to enjoy earthly things, Whether it's our food that we were talking about, or even just our relationships, our family, or um, other good things that God gives us, there's sort of this tension between I don't I know I want to you know receive this gift that God is giving, but I don't want to love it too much, Mm -hmm. you know, and and, too too much is in scarecrows because because the question is well how much is too much, and that's where this sort of tension comes into play where there can be a vague guilt that kind of lurks in the back of your mind that says you know. Am I enjoying it too much? Am I loving God enough? Or maybe we we kind of have this sense that as we become more like Jesus, then the things um, the things of earth, the things that we enjoy, will become less delightful to us. Um, which is a little bit of a weird thing. Like the more I love Jesus, the less I love my wife and kids. That that mm. feels odd. The less I'll enjoy them and delight in them. Um, and so we feel this tension. And, and so that's the experiential side. And then the biblical side is, I think, where that comes from, is the, the biblical picture is complex. It's not simple. Mm. And so you've got passages in the Bible which which uh, really play up the Godward side of this equation that, that say things like, I count everything as lost compared to knowing Jesus. Mm. I, I, everything is lost. Everything is rubbish compared to knowing Him. Uh or um, whom have i in heaven but you on earth there is nothing i desire besides you like, nothing i don't want anything besides god. and so you've got that side of the equation and, and we go okay i get that and then the flip side um, is these other passages that basically say everything created by god is good nothing is to be rejected if it's received with thanksgiving that's first timothy four or god richly provides us with everything to enjoy It's first timothy six every good and perfect gift comes down from the father of life, James chapter one. And so uh, you've got this biblical tension where on the one hand, there's these sort of, I call them totalizing passages mm-hmm. because they're they they they're the sold out for, for God, nothing I desire, you're better than everything. Um, there's that side. And then the things of earth passages, which is God gives you all these good gifts and you should enjoy them. And so that, that tension right there, which is in the Bible, uh, and then which emerges into our our lives, um, what, that's where the book came from, was me trying to wrestle that to the ground and say, what does God want us to learn about how we can love him and enjoy his gifts?
0: Wow, yeah, thank you for that. I, I really love how you just start off your book in the introduction. Now, um, Dr. Rigney, as we move on to just chapter one, um, why, uh, what made it important for you to start chapter one with general revelation?
2: Yeah, so um, in order to answer that, in order to address that, that experiential, really practical, I think any serious Christian is going to feel that tension that we just talked about. We have to get the right categories, okay? So it's really important. Um, clarity of, of feeling and living often comes from clarity of thinking. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to get straight on, what does the Bible teach about why why God made everything? So. If the tension is between God and everything, though we want Him to be supreme, and that He's made all of this this world full of, of glory that's around us, why did He make that world? And so I go to Psalm 19, which is the, the classic text on general revelation, and it says that the heavens declare the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And so from that, um, you know, essentially argue that, that God has made the world, not just the heavens, but the birds of the air and honey and all of these things, the sunsets, our family, our friends, he's made them in order to give us earthly categories for spiritual things. Like the ultimate reason, that's not the only reason, but the ultimate reason they exist is they are revelations, manifestations of who God is and what he's like. The, um, You know, so his invisible attributes have been clearly perceived in the things that have been made. That's why they exist. And so if that's why they exist, then, then those, um, those physical realities, those, those um, uh, earthly realities, are basically invitations from God for us to know Him, mm. right? Like, it's a, it's a web of images. We're surrounded by revelation from God. That's what general revelation is, revelation in nature and creation and all of the earthly ways that He reveals Himself. There's revelation there. He's, he's inviting us, know me. This is what I'm like. Or in some cases, it's, this is what I'm not like. There could be contrast. There's ways that, that, the, that uh, the Bible, and, and the Bible's helpful here because the Bible is sort of like the answer key, right? Yeah. So um, so when you're learning a new language, um, you need a textbook, usually, if you're learning it in, in a classroom. You, you need a textbook that's going to say, hey, here's the rules of how this language works. This is how Spanish works. Mm. And then, but the whole point of the textbook is that you go read other stuff. You don't just read the textbook, you're trying to learn to know the language. And similarly, the, the Bible is basically like the the grammar textbook for hearing what God is saying in all of his creation. And so it gives us examples, and it points us in directions so that we can say, you know, when Jesus says, um, consider the birds. Mm. Why does he tell us that? Well, he doesn't want us to be anxious. And so he wants us to look at the birds and learn about God's care for birds and then think, I'm more valuable to God than birds are. So he's going to take care of me. Therefore, I don't need to be anxious. And so there's something that I'm learning about God in thinking about the world that he's made.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate in your book, you say, our senses are designed to take in the world and then our minds and hearts are designed to connect our experience of the natural world to the spiritual world and the God whom governs both. I was like, yeah, that's true. Like, I know that. But, you know, as you read, as I was reading your book, like it, it just kind of just made sense when I, you're just putting this together. And and I really appreciated that. Yeah. Um. So, let's move on. Um Dr. Rigney, why is it okay to enjoy the pleasures of the garden? <laughs> yeah,
2: right. Well, what so um another natural place to go to kind of get some clarity about categories is um, is the Garden of Eden. Mm. And the reason is this is this is how God made the world originally. um this was his design plan. this was this was what he wanted uh, when he made the world, he made it in a certain way according to his design. And so we want to look, okay, how did he make it? And what was the design now? We know it's fallen, but we want to go back and kind of get what's that, what's that original design. And the remarkable thing when we read the early chapters of Genesis is just how lavish God is in his gifts to us. Mm. You know, I mean, he, he makes, um, he makes us as creatures. So he makes us as human beings with bodies and souls. So we're not just soulish creatures. He could have done that. He did that with angels. He made just purely spiritual beings. Um, But he made us with bodies and all the limitations that bodies carry with them. Like we're stuck in one place. We're not everywhere. We're, um, We're in time. And so we experience reality one moment after another. And these are limitations, but they're good. God calls them good. And so we don't need to feel bad because we're limited, because we're creatures. We should embrace that and glory in it. Um, but then, even from there, what does God do with these creatures? Well, he just lavishes them with pleasures. And I kind of break out in, in those early chapters of Genesis sort of three different categories yeah. uh, of pleasures. Um, there's what I call sensible pleasures. Mm. This, is, this would be like the things that come through the senses, your you know, sense of sight and taste and touch and all of that. And we see that in, um, you know, the trees of the garden are pleasant to the sight and good for food. So they're pretty to look at, and they're good to eat. And so that's sensible pleasures, and so God seems to be endorsing those in the garden and saying, these are good, these are for you, this is a gift. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the important thing is, I think when we hear that, we go, but there was a, God said no, and it's like, yeah, but there was one no in a world full of yes. Like, the command there is, eat from every tree of the garden, they're Mm -hmm. all for you, except for one. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's one no in a world full of yes, but that means fundamentally God is a God of yes when it comes to those, those pleasures. And then on top of that, you've got the relational pleasures. It's not good for Adam to be alone, and so God makes him a, a helper. He makes Eve as a helper for him. Uh, and so we have, we have relational needs that we, that we have, and, and God gives us relational pleasures in not just our spouses, but any people, our friends, our, our, our children, our parents. Um, All the different relationships we have, this is another good gift that we can enjoy. Um, And then on top of that, you know, we've got the vocational pleasures. God gives Adam a job. He says, work and keep the garden. Uh, Be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth. And so there's this calling on humanity um, to do something, and that that could take various forms for us today. But the point is, is that at each of these different levels, um, whether we're talking about sensible pleasures, relational pleasures, or vocational pleasures, all of them are gifts from God for us to enjoy. And and we get that original picture, knowing that after the fall, you know we can go wrong when it comes to our sensible pleasures. Like we can enjoy them in the wrong way, or at the wrong time, or wrong context, or something like that. Uh, our relationships are broken. Um, you know, there, our relationships can be can be cursed and frustrating and hard. And of course, labor is cursed. God curses the ground. But the point is, is that underneath that curse, there's a really a good thing um, that God intended for us to enjoy. And so that's we want to start there as we begin to think about how we enjoy things today.
0: Yeah, no, that's really good. I, I I really like it in the section of sensible pleasure, as you were just talking about, you said you you say that the first command is not prohibition, the first command is endorsement. That that really just stood out to me in your book. And also under Relational Pleasures, you say that um, God has made us to need people, to love people, to delight in people. Human isolation is a problem, a defect, and God acts to overcome the lack. I mean, how relevant is that as we've been going through this whole crisis in this country during COVID and how many people uh, have felt the isolation yep. and by themselves? And that really stood out to me. And I was like, yeah, like we we are meant to be with other people in communion, especially the church. And, yeah, I was that really hit home for me.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Uh, so, Dr. Rigney, um, what are the dangers of separating the gifts from the giver and choosing the gifts over the giver?
2: Yeah, good. So now we're into the question of, so, you know, it's one thing to talk about. It's well and good to talk about what God did in the garden, but mm-hmm. we don't live in the garden anymore. We sinned. Um, because we violated that one no, and um, and this is where the question of idolatry comes into play. Mm. So when we um, when we take the gifts of God and we elevate them above God, um, that's idolatry. And so one way to think about it is the Bible gives us these passages, um, those what I talked called earlier the totalizing ones. There's nothing I desire beside you. Um, everything's lost compared to knowing Jesus. Those kind of passages, and they're basically meant to be test cases. They're they're made, basically meant for us to go. Okay, if I have to choose, if I put God on one side, and I put every other good thing in my life on the other, and I get to choose one of them, one box, what's, which one do I choose? And for the faithful Christian, there's only one right answer. He, it's God. He's supreme. He's the best. He's everything. And so if you have to choose, you choose him. If you don't choose him, if you say, I could either have God or I could have all of his gifts, and you choose the, the box of gifts that's called idolatry. That's elevating the gifts above the giver. And it's what Romans 1 says when it says, you know, um, we knew God, um, we we saw him in creation, we see his, his power manifest in the things that he's made, but then we exchange the glory of God for images. We exchange his glory and his truth for lies, and we worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. And so that's the dark exchange, the false exchange, that all human make human beings make by nature is we choose the gifts over the giver and it's idolatry. And so that's 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 a that's the fundamental problem actually with humanity, uh, is that we do that. And um and that's true um before we we come to faith and then after we come to faith, we still struggle with this this problem. And we and we want to continue to kind of test ourselves uh to see do I love God? If it's if it's just if I can only have God, is that enough? And,
0: uh, and so that's what I think those passages are, are trying to do. Yeah. So true. So true. Um, like I said earlier in the intro, um, I, I really enjoyed that you were using um, examples of things that you enjoyed, enjoy in your life, like pumping cr- uh, crunch cake and baseball. <laughs> and, and I'm a big baseball fan. I'm from Chicago born and bred and Chicago Cubs are, you know, my, my thing. and, and I just remember before uh, the Lord drawing Himself to uh, drawing me to Himself, um, how sports played a huge part of my life. I made them idols, and for you know anybody, I mean, here in Texas, you know, football is huge. Uh, and, you know, in Chicago, it's like all year round with you know basketball, baseball, uh, football, hockey, and like year long, you can just be involved in all the things of sports. And mm-hmm. when, uh, when God, you know, changed his affection towards me, those things became secondary. Um, but you mm-hmm. definitely, me, myself, have to ha- have to be very careful because even, even now, like, um, sometimes I'm just like, wait, hold on a second. I want to enjoy this, uh, but I have to be careful that that doesn't consume all my time, um, but still enjoy it.
2: Right, exactly. And I, and I think that's, that's part of the, the goal in, in thinking through this question is, um, we know that Jesus is better. We know that God is supreme, um, and so we want to establish that. That's what the new birth does: is it is it changes our hearts so that we love God above everything. Mm-hmm. But then God gives us these things back in their proper place, which means they're not ultimate. We're not, um, and and we can give them up if we have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so there's a, there's a way in which um, having sort of established you know, God above everything then there's this sort of freedom that God gives us to enjoy the gifts. He's a good father, and he gives good gifts to his children.
0: And so as you say that, uh, Dr. Rigney, I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of people uh, out there listening to us right now who are struggling with this, uh, this tension that you talk about in your book. How do, I, I, you mentioned a little bit, but how, how, do we, how, do, how can we enjoy those things of the earth um, how would you how would you tell listeners, hey, like these these things are are, are not sinful in itself. Uh, it's okay to enjoy them. Um, and 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 I know you just talked about it, but maybe just el- 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 elaborate a little bit more, uh, just for our listeners, because I know that there's a lot of people struggling with this.
2: Yeah. So I think. Um, so the, I think the first thing is to get straight on that comparison thing. So we want to get straight if. If, um, and this is why we sing songs that express it, you know, all I have is Christ. Mm. Um, knowing you, Jesus, there is no greater thing. Those kind of songs are meant to, to what we, we say with our mouth, coming from our hearts, um, Jesus is better. If that's true then for us, then when God gives us a good gift, say, you know, yesterday uh, we had, you know, some baseball with, with my kids mm. playing some little league and it was just a great day. Um, when God, when God gives us, what's my proper response? Should I try to kind of suppress my joy in coaching little league yesterday because it was so enjoyable and really delightful and a great time with the family. So do I try to hold that down because I don't want it to threaten my love for God or instead do I allow that joy to kind of rise and expand in my heart knowing that it's taking my joy in God with it? Like the more that my heart enlarges to take in this gift, the more I have to thank God for and the more opportunities to praise him there are. And so that's one of the fundamental things that we do is when God gives us a simple, basic, good thing, we receive it with gladness, we thank Him for it, and then we chase it back to Him, right? The whole point is, remember, um, these things are designed to make known who God is and what He's like. And so if He gives you a good gift, don't stop with the gift, enjoy it, receive it, and then and then pursue it back to, to Him. It's, mm-hmm. it's, he's, it's meant to be be a sun beam that takes you back to the sun. Mm-hmm. Go back to the sun. Don't just stop at the beam.
0: Yeah. Wow. That That's definitely amazing. Um, Well, uh, Dr. Rigney, that went by <laughs> very quickly. We just can't give everything about your book because we want people to go out there and get it um there is so much more in this book for our listening audience please go out and get the book strangely bright can you love god and enjoy the world uh the book is about 109 pages it is a great fast read um and you will be thoroughly blessed i was so yes please go out and get it now dr rigney um you know, Romans 10:14 says, as, "How would then they will call on him in whom they have not believed, how would they believe in, he, in him who they have not heard, and how would they hear without a preacher? Can you please share the gospel today with our worldwide audience?
2: Sure. So um, maybe I'll, I'll do it kind of from this perspective that we were just talking about. Mm. So um, a, a good and loving God made you. He made you. He's your creator and he's your father. He made you, and he wants to do good to you. He made you to, um, he, because he loves you and wants to bless you, That's and you exist for him. But because of our sinfulness, because our first parents um, disobeyed and walked away, all of us have been born into a world in which we are broken. We're by nature dead in our sins, and rather than worshiping God supremely, reached his gifts over him. And whatever yours is, you can think about it, you, you, you know the things in your life that are more important and more precious and that you seek satisfaction in other than, uh, other than the living God, other than the, your maker. And so those things have become elevated in your heart and in our hearts, and therefore, we are rightly condemned for it. We are m- massively out of order with the true nature of things um god is the most valuable and we don't regard him as such and so god righteously judges us um, for our sinfulness for that fundamental sense sin- of seeking our deepest satisfaction in something other than him we were made for him that's the bad news um is that we are under the wrath of god because of our failure to treasure god and love him supremely and to and instead have loved the gifts above the giver but the good news is that God sent His Son, born of a woman, uh, born under the law. In in uh, after having set everything up with um, Israel for thousands of years, getting things ready for His Messiah, God sent His Son for us and for our salvation. And Jesus, unlike us, received every good thing from His Father and said thank you. And Jesus received every good thing from His Father and loved God more than every good thing. And then not only that, not only did he obey perfectly, but he suffered for us. He entered into our pain, our brokenness, he entered into the sorrows of human existence, and he endured it all, including the scorn and, and, and enmity of human beings who were in love with themselves and wanted to put themselves first. And so Christ suffered in our place, um, he obeyed in our place, he suffered in our place, and died in our place, absorbing the wrath of God that was rightly directed towards us. And then, um, having died, having been buried, he God raised him from the dead, victorious over sin, victorious over death. He's seated at the right hand um, of the Father and is ruling and reigning and putting all of his enemies under his feet until someday he returns to uh, end it and make a new world, a new heavens, a new earth, where righteousness dwells, and where we enjoy all the things of earth rightly. Um, and so in the meantime, God then says, this this day of salvation that now lasts from the resurrection of Jesus until the end of history, God makes an offer. And he says, if if you want it, you can have it. If, if you want to be, you can come home. Um, I am the living, I'm the bread of life. Come eat. I am the living water. Come drink. Your soul is hungry, just like your belly is after you have not eaten for a couple of days. Your soul is like that. Come eat, come drink. It's free. Um, it's all for you if you'll just receive Jesus. That's the good news of the gospel. And because of that, you can be righteous in God's sight, welcomed back into His family, um, and then unleashed to serve Him and worship Him in everything you do.
0: Wow, Amen. Thank you, Doctor Rigney, for coming on Bridge Radio today. Where can our audience find you if you want to be found? As like I always say, say, and where can they find your book uh, besides here at Bridge Ministries?
2: Yeah, so you could uh, you could get my my book uh, and my other my other books. I've written a handful um, at Amazon.com. I've um, Got some books on C.S. Lewis, uh, who's a great hero of of mine, mm. uh, a book on Narnia, and a book on Lewis on the Christian life, as well as the, the couple of books on enjoying the things of earth. Um, if, uh, if you're wanting to find, you know, I'm, I'm social media wise. I'm only on, on Twitter, um, uh, at Joe underscore Rigney. Um, and then, uh, if you're interested in, in sermons and that sort of thing, I preach at cities church. Uh, so cities, plural C I T I E S dot Um, I'm one of about, uh, one of eight pastors, Um, There and I preach uh, semi regularly, and so you can find our sermons uh, at
0: uh, com. Wow, there you go. Uh, Please go get the book and go follow Dr. Rigney on Twitter. Thank you, Dr. Rigney, for coming on again. And um, I hope we can have you back on with uh, an interview on some of your other books. Uh, It would be a great blessing. It would be wonderful. All right.
2: It would be great. Thanks so much, AW. Thank you.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's episode with Doctor Joe Rigney on his book *Strangely Bright*. Can you love God and enjoy this world? By Crossway Publishing. I mean that that went really well with the with this interview. Um, when I was reading through the book, it really uh, exposed a lot of just things of my thinking and enjoying the things of of this earth and where i place them um um in the light of our creator and our lord jesus christ um yes you know let's enjoy the things that he has uh created um they're there for us to enjoy but ultimately uh we give the glory and honor and praise back to the one who is the creator of of all things so uh yeah um please go get, go get the book uh i think that you would be a uh, extremely extremely blessed by it Uh, i know that we say that about all our books and this is why we're very careful i'm bringing in uh uh books that i know that will edify you guys um but please it's a great fast read you can knock it out i think in about less uh than five hours if you really just uh hunker down but it was really good Uh, i'm looking forward to reading it again uh, all right, well, please don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And guys, uh, we always end the show. What is your only comfort in life and in death? That I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. To next week, later.